Self-Discovery Radio. The discovery of self is but a show away. With over 1,800 shows and growing, we bring you those liberating stories that help you on your own life's journey from every single topic you can think of. The only common denominator is authenticity and being in your meaningful purpose. Come and read our new e-book, plus see our discovery store and what wonderful tools we have for you. Do enjoy our shows and don't forget to share. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Their Story Matters. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is Annie Poole. She said adventure is the best cure for cancer, and she knows this because she has gone through cancer, a kind of told incurable cancer. You know those ones where go home and take care of your business, life is over? Well, not for her. So she decided that she wasn't going to give up. And she started traveling, maybe not at first, but most certainly in her mind. And today she is a vibrant woman, living life to the fullest, loving every minute of it. So is cancer that death sentence that we all think it is? Or is it an addiction to live life in a different way? Let's hear Annie's story and find out how she managed to overcome the cancer, the beautiful virtual living of traveling, um, and what it did for her spirits and keeping her alive in for her to be able to fight the curable cancer, which it most certainly um, we can take the word in, out, and go curable cancer because she is definitely very well and happy today. Welcome to the show, Annie. It's a pleasure to be here. I always love speaking to people that are not going to give up or going to give in. You know, you've got handed a challenge. And yes, initially it feels like someone who's hit you over the head. But then it's, okay, what am I going to do with this? You know, how do I value my life? Um, And uh, what can I do to initially survive it before thriving it? So tell us a little about your story and what was your turning point to know I'm not going to give in. Well, my story started with a um, a trip to Italy and Ireland back in 2011, and that's where I really had a turning point in my life. I could see myself in a much bigger way, and I was moving toward room that was really quite faint in the distance, but after that trip, it, it really started to take some, or put some flesh on the bones, let's just say that. Mm-hmm. And so I was moving towards that, went back to Italy and Ireland again two years later to, um, like for a site inspection tour and came back to Canada with the intention of then launching marketing, you know, all, all that takes place or all that's involved with, um, getting people to go on a tour. And, um, I was setting that up for a very inspiring writer's tour of Ireland and came back home and sensed that there was something uh, not quite right with my health, let's mm-hmm. just say, and started to see doctors. Nobody could really say what was wrong with me. So um, finally one doctor did... Um, you know, advised me for a procedure, which I then had. And it was then that they found, um, in the scraping of my uterus, uh, cancerous cells, which at this point, then they diagnosed me with stage one cancer. And at the time, 
just because I had gone through so many challenges at this, at this point, I looked at cancer as, well, it's just going to be a little blip on the radar. It's not going to affect me that much at all. Six months after this, I will, I will just be done. Close the book on cancer and, you know, keep going. Mm-hmm. That was the plan. Then, um, that was the plan, yes. So I was scheduled for intensive surgery to remove the cancerous tumor and uh, once again was very hopeful that this would be it. And it was when I was coming to that I saw my oncologist standing next to my bedside. And again, excuse me, I just thought it was a, a hopeful moment. So I couldn't wait to hear what she had to say to me. And I was really quite shocked because uh, she started off by saying, I successfully removed your tumor. Um, but then she said, your cancer has spread. The lymph nodes and the upper aorta. And then she told me the words that really took my breath away. And that was, you have incurable cancer. So that was a real web call for me. And, uh, you know, in those, in that moment, um, you know, eyes, my eyes were locked onto hers. <laughs> I just felt this really big fire well up inside me. First of all, it was anger towards her. Mm-hmm. And anger towards, you know, how did I get to this point in my life where, you know, I'm not about to realize my dreams. I'm about to go out with my dreams, you know, taking my dreams with me. So what I also saw in that same moment was that there was this intense desire for my dreams and just this intense desire to say, no, you're wrong. I'm not going to die. Mm. I'm going to live. And I'm going to live in such a way that it's just going to blow your mind. That's the so, attitude. <laughs> you know, she, um, she really gave me a gift. I know it's not the best way to tell someone, um, you know, their diagnosis. But in my case, she really gave me a gift because she did light the match that set the blazing fire mm-hmm. roaring in my belly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it took off from there. Attitudes is a huge, big thing of cancer, isn't it? I mean, they're actually saying that cancer is 80% emotional and some of it comes from such, you know, either past lives or deep life memories that one doesn't know until it manifests. Um, the also the emotion of how you treat cancer is very very important um you know if it's like oh this is over what can i do um you know i'm a goner then you will be but you really do need to get that fire in your belly and go uh uh-uh, uh my time mate i've got things to do and uh, that sheer attitude is is fuel not just fuel for the fire but also is part of the cure isn't it Yes, it's so true. Um, I like to say that the most powerful answer to cancer lies within you. Mm-hmm. And that's something that uh, 
for the most part, we kind of overlook in our culture because we spend so much time focusing on healing the body when there is a cancer diagnosis. Um, but we overlook how important the mind is to healing before and after. So and, that that is during. really the key in enduring. Yes, thank you, Sarah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're very, very much conditional creatures. You know, we're very conditioned into how we should think. Um, we're also very conditioned limitations. You are limited. You're only human. Um, you can't do that. Yet we see day in and day out things people are achieving that we always thought were impossible. You know, it could never happen. And we sell ourselves short, human beings, because we are actually unbelievable of what we can do when we put our mind to it. But we have to incorporate the soul, heart and spirit in the equation because without the spirit, where's the energy and the action? Without the heart, where and we need that soul, that divine connection to help us through everything. And I think one of the first things you have to do in any diagnosis or any challenge is have a conversation in your mind of, you know, don't go down the rabbit hole. Um, you start incorporating the heart, soul and spirit into it as your allies and, uh, that will help you look at things in a different way, won't it? It's because if you don't change that perspective, you're not going to do what you need to do to overcome. Yes, that's so true. It's something that I tell people that come to me for advice all the time is that the first thing you need to do when, you, when you're diagnosed with cancer is you need to change your story. Mm-hmm. And the very first thing that I did to change that story is I asked the nurse shortly after my oncologist left, I asked the nurse for, for a pen and a piece of paper. And I started to write. I started to write down exactly how my life was going to look like during cancer and after cancer. Mm-hmm. And after I looked at the list, I thought, well, I don't have the first clue of how to get there <laughs> because I'm in the probably the worst position I've ever been in, you know, lying on a hospital bed, flat on my back, told I, I, well, I didn't even want to know what the prognosis was, but now I've, you know, since I've learned that uh, 15% chance of living. So I didn't have the first clue, but that is really an important key is uh, exactly what you said. You need to, um, make a decision about where you're going to go with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and recruit. You have to have the right people around you, don't you? They've got to be people that kind of honor your process, but at the same time, nurture you when you fall to help you back up, but not nurse you in your illness, but nurture you in your wellness. Yes, that's so true. It's so true, and I I find that it's something that people who are coping with cancer do is um, they become really sensitive to who is supporting them and who doesn't support them. And it's something I've done on my own journey as well is, is, uh, you know, filter through who's going to be there, who's going to be there for you and who won't be there for you. Yeah. But... To have, um, 
Oh, sorry? No, no, I agree with you. You know, you, you've also got courage to be able to say to people, I know you wish well, but not at this time. Yes. Yes. That's so true. I mean, it's very important yeah. to people that you have around you, but it's also very important to have to hold on to. You know, I like what you said about the list. And I recently interviewed a young Israeli um, who had broken his back at 16, and they told him he would never walk. And he wrote a list of everything he was going to do in life. And uh, he taught himself how to walk, and he's accomplished everything on that list. And I think if you don't kind of paint yeah. the future to what you want, you know, how do you know and how do the powers that be know what to deliver so it's kind of well what do you want out of life if you really want it and you go and get it we'll help you get there but give me a picture of what you want so you have to put that picture out there don't you yes you do but a lot of people have trouble connecting with uh what they want at that point um so this is something that i teach people to do is is to how to connect with their hearts so that they can write that new story. Mm-hmm. Because without that, you you can carry on, but you're really walking in fog. You make you make steps forward, but it, it feels like you're just walking through mud, you know? Yeah. So you can get there so much quicker if you can connect with your heart and and start to write that new story while you're walking the story that you're in. But the other key is you have to let go of the old stories yeah. as well. Yeah. Because yeah. without doing that, you're really carrying forward the the lingering stench, if yes. you will, <laughs> of the old stories. They'll, they'll just keep smelling up your future. Well, this is and, why people uh, get cancer. You know, oh, she's was in remission, the cancer came back. It's because you took the story with you. You know, you didn't press delete. Yes. That story's already been told. You know, it's time to leave that where it was and and, and immerse yourself yeah. in that new story because if not, the cancer will keep coming back because it is the old story that's not being dealt with. Yes, that is so true. So true. So the traveling, yeah. you know, you were you were on just about to embark on, you know, a dream come true, and and obviously you weren't in any physical position to do that time, so it was on hold. But you decided to go traveling in your mind. Yes, yes. The irony was that I overcame incurable cancer through the power of travel, and a lot of people think, "Oh, well, where'd you go? <laughs> Anywhere you wanted." <laughs> but, <laughs> Anywhere I wanted to in my mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, uh, you know, I listened to the oncologist orders. I did have three chemo and they were very potent doses. And what they recommended was, you know, try not to go anywhere, not even on a bus. Because when you expose yourself to other people's germs mm-hmm. and such, then you are, then you're highly susceptible to even just the common cold could kill you. Yeah. So I really um, paid attention to that because I wanted to live. So I decided, well, okay, it's funny what you can do when you're in like the smallest little box yes. <laughs> possible. Uh, what your what solutions you can come up with in a really small space. So I decided, well, I'm going to keep alive this vision of traveling. 
just that my life would be full of wonderful adventures all around the world and that I would one day host this inspiring tour to Ireland, which was the number one goal on my list. And so I decided, um, because I had been writing a book about how to use the power of travel to change your life, I started to pull out some of those nuggets in the book. Because the, the uh, theory that I was trying to prove in the book was that if that travel is that transforming that it can change anything in your life. So I started to apply those principles of travel to my life and then just stepped into the experience with everything that would remind me of a beautiful travel experience in either one of those two countries, in Italy or Ireland. So I just um, dressed like I were. I mm. ate food or searched out places that reminded me of Europe. I I started my day with Andrea Bocelli and and in the middle of it was Van Morse and <laughs> and ended the, the day with Andrea Bocelli. You know, just immersed myself with with all the um the sights, the sounds, the smells of my travels. I think that's brilliant because uh, um, I was a bedbound child growing up, and uh, no TV, no you know uh, tablets or anything like that, and um, hard to kind of hold a book when you're flat on your back. So you know, for me, it was um, wherever my mind took me, and you know, I travelled everywhere. Um, you know, I I didn't have much reference at that time because we didn't have things like, you know, uh, on. On TV, you didn't have the travel things. It's, it was just really where my mind would talk me, which was a lot of astral travel. But it, it's um, it became a part of my life. It's like I really don't know what is my imagination and what is reality because the two of them became completely one. And when you do step into that zone, you, the experience that you're having in your mind is truly a real experience, isn't it? Yes, that's so true. So everything you did yeah. with, with Andrea, or, you know, with uh, with Island, with you know, um, that is the experience you had emotionally, physically, everything in every way, and so it was utterly real for you. And I think that's also, I think, something that people forget. They think, oh no, I've got to touch it for it to be real. I said, no, you know, you just have to yeah. believe that it's real, and it is. Yeah, you can. Um make your mind believe that it's real. Yeah. Very easily. Right? Because especially yes. if it's your happy place. You know, you're going to hold on to that yes. happy feeling because it's real. It's if you're feeling yeah. happy in that moment, that's real. However you got to be happy, you know that's that's the reality of it. So embrace it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the the amazing thing is was since my since I cleared the incurable cancer diagnosis, I've traveled to San Diego, California. I've been to, I've climbed the heights of Machu Picchu. I started to write my book in Southeast, Southeast Asia for three and a half months. Um, went back to Ireland for another month. I'm currently in San Diego, California again. So I've really just been traveling ever since. Yeah. Yeah, you you were in uh, Machu Picchu with Daniela Guterres, right? 
Daniel Gutierrez. Yes, that's right. Right. I've I've interviewed him before, and we've we've had many conversations. And I know that he does this, you know, because he believes in in the power of its energy. Um, and its daughter has taken that trip, and a few friends have had, and they've said that it's really life, you know, life affirming. And um, I think this is, you know, taking those trips of a lifetime, you know, pushing yourself a little beyond, um, showing yourself what you can do through. Um, but I think most most importantly is immersing yourself in other cultures and other places that are so energetic is not just life feeding, but I, it, it's transcendence. Absolutely. And I think the biggest piece that I took away from travel is that travel allows me to become a blank page. It allows me the friend to start over again, leave behind an old story. Yeah. And, and, uh, step into something completely new and fresh. And I think that's what we all love about travel is because we take off somewhere, some beautiful exotic place and we leave behind the daily grind, the nine to five, the, the troubles, the worries. And all of a sudden we're so full of life and hope and expectancy about this new new story that you're into. And when you tell yourself that, invariably that's what you experience. And then people do the opposite when they go home. Yeah. <laughs> they look they look back. <laughs> I'm going back to the nine to five daily grind and then they start telling themselves that old story, you know, just shortly before they, they arrive back home. So travel is really a picture of what we tend to do in our everyday lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I was a huge traveler when I was young. You know, for me, it was, you know, before kids, BC, before kids, um, I wanted to travel and, and I traveled a lot of countries. And so, you know, when you are in those down days or feeling kind of a little trapped and, you know, I'm not going anywhere, your memory is there. You only have to do is step into that memory of that wonderful experience that you had in that country, and it all becomes so alive again, doesn't it? Yes, yes. We tend to typically also put natural memories on a shelf mm -hmm. or in a book, you know, book of images, and we will check in with them every now and then and think, oh, that was so wonderful. But the key is how do you keep those memories alive? Yeah. Because really those are at moments in your life. Yes. And, and to take them and just infuse the rest of your life with, with that joy, with those top of the world experiences. That's the key. Yeah. It's, it's keeping that experience. It's like when you have that aha moment somewhere. I remember walking on the Parthenon in, with bare feet. And, um, you know, as, uh, somebody who's a sensitive, I could just feel the history coming up. You know, the the smoothness wow. of the stone, just the, you know, the the feelings that I got of what life had been there before, you know, the good and the bad. And that's, you know, that is something that you don't forget. You know, you might put aside for a moment, then some something will trigger that memory and you don't forget. You don't forget those moments. You don't forget meeting certain people. You don't uh, forget the, the laughter you had with the camaraderie. You know, it's... It's something that you need to really keep alive in you because it reminds you that you are alive. Yes, that's so true. And you you typically are never more alive 
than when you're in those type of experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my my sister has had a lymphoma as well and various cancers and and um, you know she's a 15 year survivor now and um, you know numerous health problems. I think she actually keeps alive through her health problems. But um, you know lymphoma would be one of these things that once it got into your lymph glands, that was it. You know, closed door. And the as I said, the word incurable. I think today we have to look at take away the in. Um, it, obviously, if a person is at stage four or five, you know, there is a limit to you can pull someone back from the brink. But, you know, there's been mm-hmm. people with that 80% cancer and, you know, they found alternative ways of healing and, uh, and you know, a living, thriving life because of it. And it's, again, I think attitude is huge. You know, um, we have to look at, uh, you know our daily bread, our diet. We have to look at our lifestyle. Is it serving us? Are we honoring the vessel that we're in? Are we are honoring our spirit? Um, and you know, if the the why we got there, pay attention to it because you don't want that to be a repeated story. Um, and I think people forget today, and I think some, very often people kind of get what I call whichever way it comes, is a reminder that you've been given the gift of life. And your duty as a human being on this life is to live it and to live it to its fullest because that's the reason that you're here. Yes, absolutely. Amen to that, Sarah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would, I would say that cancer is a make or break experience. Yeah. That it's just like what you said. It's a wake up call. Yeah. And it, it's not there to say, well, it is in a way. It's there to say, look, if you don't change what you've been doing, you're not going to make it. Yeah. But this is a, this is a gift. It's an invitation to, it's an invitation to life, not into death, but we take it as an invitation to death. Yes. And finish the story there. But it's really an invitation into life abundant, life full of vibrancy and adventure. Yeah, I mean, I interviewed somebody on cancer. And that's, and she wrote a book called The Gift of Cancer. And people go, what? You yeah. know? And it's, yes, because it taught me how to live. <laughs> right? Yes. I think, you know, when, when, you know, when the gun's to your head, what are you going to do? You know, you, you, you're going to grab life by every horn it's got right now, and you're going to get out there and live. Yes, Absolutely. I mean, your, yeah. your beforehand wasn't full of trauma or drama, um, from what I understand. I mean, you were, you know, had a fruitful life. And so very often people look at well, when people have cancer, there's a lot going on in their life, a lot of emotional turmoil, very often a, a loss of a loved one, um, you know, a happy marriage, um, you know, a, a very tumultuous childhood. And you, you can understand that that kind of, the cancer is manifesting, wanting to come out as an expression to release. Um, do you yes. know? Do you know where your cancer came from? Do you know what your old story is? So you you knew what to delete. I knew in, intuitively as soon as I got the incurable cancer diagnosis. Mm-hmm. I knew intuitively what the painful story was, and it was something I had tried to bury something I had been quiet about for oh, up until this point I think it was almost 30 years and 
I knew that in order to live beyond this diagnosis, I needed to shift that story. It had to be uprooted or as I say, I was ripe for cancer's second coming. Yeah. 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 Because a lot of people don't actually recognize where it comes from. They go, why me? And, you know, this is where it doesn't come knocking at your door for no reason. Sometimes, you know, like 20% is kind of environmental. You know, the foods you're eating, the, if you're around chemicals or something like that, you understand that. It's a physical cancer. But when it's an emotional cancer, um, you know, you if you're not willing to dig that up, uh, because it's, you know, it's buried in your garden where your vegetables are. It's going to contaminate everything. If you're not willing to dig it up yeah. and get rid of it, yes, it will come. Keep repeating at your door. But not everybody knows about how to do that because they don't really quite know what, you know, what their trauma is. Maybe it's been a few traumas. Have you got any suggestions that they first should do? Well, and that's a good question. It's uh, something that I teach. And what I would suggest people to do is to start by by writing out even just the, the first story that comes to mind mm-hmm. and then asking yourself questions. And you can refer to even the work of Byron Kate for help with this because she she suggests you know writing out four questions and I can't I don't know if I can remember them all Mm -hmm. (laughs) but the first one is is it true and uh now my mind just went blank (laughs) I can't remember the other three something like is it serving you or something like that yeah yes yeah and or and who would I be without this story right right Mm -hmm. so there's, there's a way of looking at your old story and finding finding out what is what is the suffering in it yes. and the suffering in it is usually that you're holding on to something that if you let go of it it the total freedom and total joy in it but not only that it transforms your old story into this beautiful work of art mm. you know when you can release it you're just so full of gratitude and joy that you can completely see that life in a beautiful tapestry and all the things that have taken place in your life are really there to, um, to shape you into who you are. And when you can see that, that how perfectly it has done that, then there's no more suffering in that old story. I love how the birds are tweeting in the background there. It's just perfect. Going <laughs> that. that, that's, that's right. Listen to nature. You know, uh, I guarantee you that the, yes. that little twerping and that tweeting is actually kind of, you know, um, downloading into you, you know, if you allow it to. And that's again the thing, isn't it? It's like realize what your problem is and, you know, start speaking to yourself to release it. You know, I find the help where someone can help you release it. And it doesn't mean you're going yeah. to forget it. It means you're releasing the trauma and the pain associated with it. In a way, you don't want to forget it because it's become your triumphant call of what you've overcome. But you want to release the pain yes. and the trauma to do, or the drama to do with it, because that's what's holding you back. But nature is such a wonderful way too, also, it, of immersing yourself in and allowing nature to be a part of your healing, because it takes you back. 
to more simple things, you know, to more that centering, that grounding, that, as you said, gratitude and joy of living very often comes from the beauty of what we see on this planet. Yes. Yes. And if you could just even start your day or or find a place in your day for finding something that takes your breath away, mm. that alone is enough to lift your spirits, isn't it? Oh, gosh, yes. I mean, the, the tweeting of the bird, <laughs> you know, it's... It's, yes. <laughs> it's, it's a little, you know, little little symphony going on there. It's always so beautiful, and I think we, as human beings, get so caught up in things, especially the expectation of life, which I think gets us into trouble a great deal, that we forget about the simple joys, and we also forget about being grateful for what we have or being grateful for what we're able to achieve, should we put our mind to it. Um, yeah. You know, it's we we concentrate so much on what we don't have that we forget about what we do have. Yes, and at the same time, we concentrate on what we don't have, and see only the small aspect of who we are and what we can achieve. But if we could, if we could unravel our stories, we could see the amazing strength and what I call the superpowers mm-hmm. in what we've been able to accomplish despite all the obstacles in our lives. And that gives you then the impetus to keep, well, to, to supercharge your life. Well, if I could do that, I can do, I can do anything. Absolutely. I mean, this is one of the reasons I do what I do because I love, you know, hearing the stories from people, itself, you know, face death. And decided, uh, uh-uh, uh, mate, come back for me later, I'm not ready. And, you know, you've discovered your strength, you've discovered your courage, and from it you discover your meaningful purpose. And I think that is the journey we're all on. And when people do embrace that, all that you become now becomes that beacon of light, of possibilities, and of direction for other people to follow. So I celebrate people like yourself and the journey that you've taken because you show humanity just how incredible we can be should we choose to be which is very very important a lot of the time I don't think we choose to be awesome no we don't do we (laughs) (laughs) no it's that who do you think you are you know which comes in that again that condition of growing up you know uh Grow up, get you know good good grades, get a good job, marry, have two point five kids, the picket fence, don't rock the boat. Who do you think you are? No, grow up and be be bountiful, be abundant, be incredible, be exploratory, you know, um be in wonderment because we need more we are adventurous. We need to go on those yeah. adventures. Yeah. Yeah, the the uh, one book that's made a huge difference in my life is uh The Hero with a Thousand Faces. I don't know if you've read that before, no, but no. Joseph Campbell. Yeah, one of his most favorite or famous quotes is uh you are the hero in your own story. Yeah. Amen to that. And and we've also yeah. got to realize that with our story you know, very often, again, we, we live the stories again of that expectation of what people want from us. And we're not living our story. 
and if we live our story and really paint that picture and and perfect that performance and deliver you know that awesome performance every day you know we become that um, that piece of art that inspires other people but it's um it's always like well what other people expect from me rather than what we expect from ourselves that's where that discord very often starts isn't it living for everyone else and not for yourself yes that's so true and it there have been studies done as well um, about the cancer personality Mm. and it's typically people that are very nurturing that give to others and um, take care of others that will get cancer so you know the point that you made is is very applicable to the area of cancer in that you know if you look at or let's just say if I looked at my past and the way that I, I had lived my life it it was so much for others and not for myself and it came to a place where I had to wake up and realize I needed to live for myself and find out what I loved and what I love to do. That was that was the most important thing in my life. You have to be selfish so that you could be selfless. Right? Yeah. Because it's only when your yeah. when your cup is so full under that it runneth over that it can help someone else. You can't help other people if you're depleted. So, you know, I always say that no, you can't. we are we are cells in the structure of life. And if you bring forth a cell that's contaminated, broken down, how are you contributing? So be a beautiful, plump, juicy cell, loving and living life. And that will, you know, be a part of the whole and its, and its fruitfulness and its healthiness. So first, can you oxygenate yourself first. Because you can't be anything to anyone yeah. else if you're depleted. Yes, that's so true. Because you absolutely can't. No, no. And, you know, you've also got to honor your process. For you, imagining yourself in other countries. You know, imagining yourself, you know, here and there, the travel. That was your, you know, your healing process. And people have got to find what it is they love, what they're passionate about, and immerse themselves in it. You know, for some people, it might be art. So many people have discovered their authors, their writers, um, some people singing. Um, I have a show on this week with uh, Keshi from America's Got Talent, a burn victim. 65% of her body uh, singing was what helped her through it. And the, here she is, you know, burnt throughout her body, uh, having, you know, the courage and the strength to get up in front of millions of people and sing. Because that's her passion. And she's on a show with a victim who's a vet who has burnt skull right down to the bone and lost an arm. And yet he's a comedian. And you listen to the... If anybody has the right to be depressed and miserable and give up on life, they do. But (laughs) they have chosen not to. And they they found something that gave them the strength to go through what they had to go through. And I think that is the first and foremost, the most important thing, isn't it? Find something that's your strength, that's your path, because that will be your healing and that will help you through everything. I mean, that's 100%, 100% true. I found this uh, one video of a, of a man who 
was diagnosed with a terminal disease. I can't remember which one it was, but he took up dancing. Mm-hmm. And now he, he, um, he overcame his, his health challenge. And now he dances to inspire others to believe the same. Right. So. And that inspiration. Yeah. You you just, know, that is like, you, you overcame what? I mean, you, you know, for you it was, well, I'm sorry, you're going to die. Um, we can't do anything for you. And it's, you know, and you going, no, mate, I'm not. I've got things to do. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this is my way through it, right? And it's, yes, you're going to have some tears. Yes, you're going to fall flat on your ass now and again. And you're going to need those loving arms around you that go through it, that nurturing. And then it's like, okay, enough with the tears. Let's go back on a trip. <laughs> Where am I going today? <laughs> <laughs> Where are we going, Sarah? <laughs> I don't know. The moon sounds good. <laughs> Let's go see if it is made of cheese. <laughs> okay, I'll, well, it I'll was a big a French full moon. i the crackers. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, we mustn't forget the wine. <laughs> and, of course, that's yeah. another huge thing, isn't it? We have to have laughter. Yeah, that's very true, too. Yeah. We're really inclined to take ourselves a little too seriously, aren't we? Yeah, we do. We do. Yeah. I had a, a yogi reach out to me on LinkedIn because I have on, on the banner of my, fa- of my LinkedIn profile, adventure is the best cure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he, he wrote a message to me and he said, laughter is the best cure. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to have a little laugh over that over. Who is going to win that battle? Um, you both are winners. <laughs> it, you know, if you've both used laughter or adventure to, you're both winners. And that's the point, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's another ingredient in the healing. And, uh, you know, somebody might say singing is the best one. And somebody might say writing. And it doesn't matter because you're all right. Every one of you. That's right. right? And that's the beauty of it. Now, I'm going to turn the tide a little bit to another book you've got coming up from Fearful to Fabulous. Um, You you have got a book, uh, Passport to Life, that is... um, The Fearful... Mm -hmm. Sorry to interrupt. That's okay. Sarah, The Fearful to Fabulous, fabulous, I should say, is uh, was a prototype to the one I've just written. Oh, Passport to Life? So... Yeah, you know how you go through a whole bunch of titles oh, and furs and yeah. Yes. So passport to life, how I overcame incurable cancer through the power of travel. It's is a book I just have written and it'll be launched on July. Wonderful. And I love the title of that passport to life because, you know, we actually do physically need a passport in order to travel. And that means that you've actually got your things in order, you know, to travel. You know, your intent is there. And then when we look at kind of embracing life and letting life take us where it needs needs us to see, um, you know, have passport, will travel. So it's, I think it's a beautiful title, Passport to Life, because that um, we say to people, just go out and live. But sometimes, you know, that passport's that permission, isn't it? That's your entry. You can go anywhere with your passport. And so that is your permission to go and live. Yes. And then you need of what your life will look like. 
because just go and live is a really big invitation, but without specifics, you don't know where to go to. Yeah, exactly. Where do I start? You know, it's always a big question for people, isn't it? Where do I start? How do I get there? What do I have to do? And I think, you know, people like yourself, having gone through this, having been there, you're kind of quintessentially giving people the backpack of tools and choose to go is up to you. But, you know, these are the tools that I took with me. These are the, uh, this is how I took the first steps. And I think a lot of people are waiting to know where they're going before they take the first step. I always say to people, take the first step and discover where you're going. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's beautiful. Because it, yeah. we're meant to, we're meant to discover it as we go, right? Yeah. Well, one of the biggest, uh, you know, if I could leave your listeners with, with anything, this would be a really big key for them just, just to know where to start on that journey. And that would be to think in your life of who, who has been your hero time mm. and time again. Mm-hmm. And that person could be, let's say Gandhi or Princess Diana, or it could be your mother or your father or some, some person that's written a book that's inspired you, you know, whoever that is, just think back on who is your hero consistently time and time again. And what I would do is, is get a picture of that person and post it up in a prominent, let's say where you like to meditate or what's your sacred space in your, in your home, some place where you can look at it morning and night. And underneath that picture of your hero, right underneath, I am a hero just like blank. Mm-hmm. And what I would invite your listeners to do is to start your morning looking at that image of your hero and and consciously say to yourself that I am a hero just like Gandhi or just like, you know? Yeah. Just like my mom. Yeah. And, and it will start a chain reaction in your subconscious and you will start to take on the energy of that person. Well, and it's, it's that will move you, right? No, but, but it, you're, what you're saying is true because also the, the re- look at, write down the reason why they're your hero. Because their why is very, very often what you're relating to. And that gives you, you know, why you want to follow them or why you're inspired. So why are they your yeah. hero? Because that why is a huge one. You know, what was it about them that made you look up to them so much? What is it that they've overcome? How did they do it? Because I'm sure you, Annie, will be somebody's hero out there for the journey taken because of the journey you've taken. And it helps them understand their own journey and how to take it. And that's the point, isn't it? Yes, that is the point. I think of of uh, one person that made a big difference that can can help us or help everyone to understand why this is, a, is so important. If you think to Roger Bannister, he was he was the first person to run a four-minute mile in 1954. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, no one had run a mile under six minutes flat. But when he did, 
less than two months later after he did, two other runners were able to the four-minute mile. Yeah. He set the bar. Yes. He set the bar so mm-hmm. much so that today the four-minute mile is the standard for all middle-distance professional runners. Yep. So that's what someone's inspiring example can do, is it allows your mind to think, well, if that person could do it, right? well, I could too. Well, why do we watch people in the Olympics? Because of those, you know, people pushing their limits, people take those those boundaries, you know, and those barriers of what's been accomplished before. And look how we celebrate somebody who's achieved that. We don't care what country they're from, you know, who they are. It's what they've done, what they've done. And we marvel in that, that they've broken that record um, or that they've achieved that. And I think that is something that helps us look into ourselves. Well, if they can do it, why can't I not run the mile? But what what's our mile in our lives? You know, and whether we yeah. walk it, crawl it, or run it, are we moving forward? Or are we just participants in somebody else's life? Or are we participant in our own? Yeah. Very important Amen to, to be, that, Sarah. Very important to be interactive and participant of your own life, isn't it? I think a lot of people, you know, they're so busy, again, you know, being that dutiful that they forget to be participant in your own life. And, and you know, when you're talking about traveling you know, and helping that thing and you did it kind of virtually instead of physically until you could um, we're not asking people to live a virtual life instead of living a life we're asking you to be inspired by that virtual life to go life yeah and and to realize what's possible in a really small box mm. that anything is possible no matter what your obstacles or your limitations are or what you think they are. Somebody has to get out of the box because really there isn't a box in life. <laughs> right? That's no. what, that's part of the problem is the box. You know, break down those walls yeah. and realize there is no box. Then you're not limited. You're only limited by either the expectations that are being put upon you or by your own limitations of what you think you can do. And when you start exploring in life and you realize there's so much more to you. And there, I don't think there is one person that's had any achievement in their lives, including yourself with the journey you've taken, that 10, 15 years ago, if you said, you're going to go through this, you're going to do this, you're going to be an example to others, that you would have believed you could do that. And it's only when you've gone through it that you look and go, my goodness, I didn't know I had the thing. Yeah, I'm sure nobody from high school would have ever thought I would do this. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. But, I mean, there you go, right? There you go. Look look at what you're doing with your life today. and Look who you are inspiring today and who you are helping just through your story. And, you know, the reason why there are so many podcasts out there and so and reason why blogging has taken on so much is because people are hungry for a successful story. People who have come out of tragedy into triumph and people who have come out of, you know, a diverse in adversity, you know, into diversity of being able to live their lives the way they want. And it's, we celebrate that courage and because it helps us find it within ourselves. Yes. And my, may I say that you are such an example of that kind of person as well. I love celebrating I'm people. just blown away by <laughs> <laughs> I'm just blown away by your story, Sarah. 
Oh, my, you know, pretty lame compared to, you know, 99% of the people I've, I've interviewed. And, uh, and, uh, but it's, it's, uh, again, you know, we may have limitations in certain areas of our lives. Um, you know, as, as the, the one burn victim said that he was invited to kind of get in a race car and go racing. And he said, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't be trapped in that suit, in that hot car. I don't sweat. And as much as I'd like to, so it was knowing his limitations. But the fact that he was asked was already, you know, something that um, he never would have been asked that before. So it's we we get to know what we can't do and stop dwelling on what you can't do and embrace what you do and turn the volume up on that. Yes. Yeah, now, that is so important. Let's talk about now how you help your clients. What are, what is your program and what's the uh, the preceding program? Well, I work one-on-one with people and I'm also in the process of of um launching a group program. So the um the work that I do is to teach people like I said how to write a new story. Mm-hmm. And at the same time that they're writing a new story is to uproot and transform the old painful stories into a full work of art, of forgiveness, healing, and love, most of all for yourself. Mm-hmm. And you do this how? What's, um, what's your program? Um, won't have a fancy name yet, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, if someone is, is interested in working with me, I offer a 40 minute complimentary, what I call a vision quest, vision quest session. So to go on an adventure inside yourself to, to write that new story. So if they want to get in contact with me, um, I would say the best way is to send me an email and that is Annie at Annie Pool just like swimmingpool.com. And your site? Would you give people that? And your Facebook? And my website? Yeah, my website is under construction. As I mentioned, I'm about to launch a book. So my website is www.annie.com. And you have a Facebook? Pool 64. Yes, Annie Pool 64. And, uh, shoot, my computer's off right now. Sarah. Your Instagram is Annie Pool 64 and your LinkedIn is Pool yep. Annie. And your Twitter is Annie yep. Pool Author. And of course, it's all here on your, yep. on your posting as well, which is important to know that people reach out. And, you know, the book, as you said, is coming out at the end of the month. This, you know, this show carries on living and, and has a life of its own. And brought to life, and they will be able to get it on Amazon. We'll be posting that for people as soon as you get that link. And um, you know, we learn from somebody else's story. We learn the how tos, the the how did you do it? You know, where where did you find your strength? Um, what was your deciding point? We need to learn these things in order to actually actually understand our own journey, our own triggers, our own um, you know moments of aha, I get it. This is what I need to do. And uh, it's through somebody else's story that we relate to our own. 
and find that courage and that strength in our own journey in life. So it's very, very important that we listen and learn and read about other people's stories. So if you are stuck and you don't know where to go, then pick up the passport to life and obviously listen to the show. Listen to the show with family members and friends and have a talk about it afterwards. You know, what is, um, what is your vision? You know, is it um, is it laughter? Is it travel? Is it adventure? Is it what help you through it? Because until you ask yourself the questions, as you were saying earlier, until you ask yourself the questions, you have no idea how to find the answer. So it's really, really important. Um, you obviously are still doing a leveling now. What's the next great adventure for you? Um. Well, I hope to go around. Uh, like on a speaking tour. Mm. And, uh, with that, I'm also, I'm also having a view on this dream that I had just before I was diagnosed with incurable cancer. However, the dream has changed. Yes. So it was the, uh, 10 day life changing trip to Ireland. Well, that I am now doing for people who have survived cancer. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's just intensified the vision and, may I say, made it so much more beautiful and meaningful. Yes, because you're all relating to each other. You know, you all know what you've been through. So everything you see and do is more magnified and more celebrated in a way because at one point there's nothing of that seemed possible. Here you are. And I think only celebrating that with other survivors do you all truly understand how big the magnitude of that trip is. Yes. Yes. And the big part is we'll be writing a new story in Ireland. <laughs> yes. So. Yes. What is it about Ireland that you love so much? Well, first of all, the people will just, will just captivate your heart because I find people in Ireland are just so gracious and warm and hospitable and inviting. And they don't even, you know, it's not like they've taken hospitality 101. It's not because of something they've learned. It's just who they are. They're mm -hmm. just so lovely and so gracious. And then the second thing is, as for me as a writer, and this, this speaks to me is that it's a country you know, for its size, it has no greater, um, Nobel Prize winners than, than a place like Ireland. Mm -hmm. And this was something I never knew before, but, but some of the world's great authors in classical literature are there. Right. Inspired by the country itself. Um, I have not been to yeah. Ireland. That's on my bucket list as well as Wales. Um, but the, the place I have been into and fell in, in a big way was Italy. So I truly understand the passion of Italy. Um, it's so alive and, uh, it, you know, everything about it is just so, it's so steeped in history. But if you know what I mean by current history, they bring the heart to them into the moment. Um, not reliving history, but just kind of, bringing the messages and the culture of history along with them in their every day and uh, you know that but still loving the moment and now which i loved about it so yeah yeah and so do i mm, 
despite the food is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Italy is wonderful and again the people are so alive. So and I think that's very important too. If you are looking at physically going somewhere, you know, go to countries where they know how to live. That they really know how to immerse themselves into life. And they'll throw you into life and then you're just gonna my goodness, my hair is down, my feet are tapping, I'm laughing, I'm loving, I didn't know I could do this. And so sometimes you need those cultures around you to be that invitation to throw you right into life. And just think about yourself, because ultimately all this travel is, is, is all about self-discovery, isn't it? Yeah, I love the way you put that. <laughs> Makes me want to go with you. <laughs> oh, believe me, I've got the travel bug. I definitely want to go again. Don't know when. Have to leave that up in the gods, but definitely there's places I want to see. And um, I loved yeah. traveling. I loved meeting local people. I loved going to uh, just people watching. You know, sitting on the Via Veneto, the Champs-Élysées, coffee, blood orange in hand, and just watching people go by, and then meeting local people or meeting foreigners, and just, you know, immersing yourself in the moment of life right there and then. And, you know, I was on the steps, the Sacre-Cœur steps, where somebody started playing drums, I started dancing. All of a sudden, there's people around, some people singing, some people playing music. Uh, and shouting out my name and I'm busy there dancing such an impromptu moment in life <laughs> that I will never forget and you know never so and that's sometimes we forget you know we get so bogged down with life we forget those beautiful moments of feeling so alive and so we really need to find ways to bring that back and, and keep those feelings alive don't we yeah oh I love that yeah, good. wished I wish there was a videotape of that. Yes, long before videos came out. Actually, I had my my friend yeah. I was with actually sketched it and drew a picture of it. So I have that picture somewhere. But it's yeah. a memory very firmly locked in mud. And so it's um, those are the ones, the good ones that you keep bringing out and go, ah, oh, that felt good. I know how that felt. Let's bring that feeling back into my life yeah. now. So that's yeah. important. Um, sometimes in understanding how to live now, we have to look at how we once lived, and that helps us a lot. So, but uh, this is wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Annie. And um, you know, I'm just so proud of the fact that you didn't give up or give in. That you looked at a way through, um, and to be an inspiration for other people because we need more people like you. Ah, well, thank you, Sarah. It's been such a pleasure to be on your show today. Oh, pleasure and uh, I feel really, really honored that you invited me to be your guest. So, Oh, most certainly. I love you. what you're doing. I love what you stand for. And it just shows to everybody else out there, and whether it's cancer or whether it's something else in life, this too you can overcome. All you have to do is just find your how. And your why is because you've got to live. over, um, And just find your, your how and whatever it is, whatever your passport to life is, right? you know embrace it immerse it yeah and uh, you know contact annie annie at um anniepool.com and uh you know take advantage of that few minute uh um free session with you know free introduction with her and uh and see if you are a fit because that's obviously how she's going to help you and um and then take it from there because that's all you need sometimes is somebody who just gets you and gets the that you're on and um and open you up to what else is possible. So that's very, very important. So thank you so much, Annie. Thank you so much, Sarah. My pleasure. 
So, folks, until next time, remember your life you. You're meant to get out and live it. We here on Self-Discovery Radio help you find the ways by bringing you such inspirational people like Annie to help you because they've been there before, they've taken the journey, and they know what it takes to get there. They understand the journey, and they're here to support you. So never, ever feel alone. Until next time, folks.